Wait, uh, how can he build robots? You can't build robots on paleontology. What is going on anymore? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode four of Hephaestus Radio. Satyrs don't train heroes. I'm your host, Joe Quavis, and I'm joined, as always, by my companion who is not a member of the Council of the Cloven Elders, Ethan Daniels. How are you doing this week, sir? I am doing very fine, Jose. Good to hear. Bought the Lightning Thief graphic novel and am almost done with it because it's a short, short thing. You should review that. I should review that. Uh, nothing really Percy Jackson related in my life um, at this point. Let's see. Going on Nook right now, seeing if... And my Nook is out of batteries. No, oh, no, it's not. Okay. Let's do a search on the Nook shop, shall we? Riordan. Search. And I just pre-ordered Son of Sobek. Hmm. I did that like two weeks ago. So that's going to be out a week from recording. Yep. Oh, and speaking of books that are going to be out after a very long time, we do we did get a cover, so let's move on to the news really quickly. Okay, we're back with the news, except it isn't really news because we don't know anything about the book. So, the House of Hades, U.S. and U.K. covers have both been unveiled. So, May 31st has come and gone, and we've got the covers of the fourth installment of the Heroes of Olympus saga. Yep. Both of them involve Percy and Annabeth. Neither of them tell us anything about the story. That we didn't know already. The American cover... Go on. Except for the UK cover, which is ridiculous and stock photo-ish, and it's awesome. So let's start with the US cover, then. Yeah. (laughs) So the US cover shows Percy and Annabeth running in a stream of water next to some lava in Tartarus. Makes sense to me! (laughs) There appear to be bats or something in the upper corner. Not quite sure what that is. It's Sisyphus. Sisyphus? It's it's Tartarus. Everything is Sisyphus. Okay, you heard it here, folks. In the upper left <laughs> corner, we have the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> and over across the pond, we have the UK cover for House of Hades. It's very red. 
has two stock photo models with swords badly photoshopped onto their arms, wearing generic white t-shirts. I sh I'm going to add really quickly that the female model they use for Annabeth is actually kind of cute, cute from behind. And it's closer to Annabeth than Alexandra Dario, so that's a bonus. Yeah, they have actors for these people, and then they proceed to use stock photo models. We Doesn't also have them. a large, mysterious figure who is either Hades or Ganymede. I like to believe Ganymede because... show. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And it's... And the U.S. cover is as predictable as I thought it was going to be. I don't know, I like a lot of the older U.K. covers better. You mean like the one with stock Jason and stock Percy fighting in stock t-shirts on a stock ship? With vest is poorly photoshopped onto the front? No, I like the one with vest is badly photoshopped in the sky with <laughs> a stock photo model falling that is clearly supposed to be Jason. Yep. That should have happened. Oh, and then there's the... Zero. Oh, and then there's the original series UK covers, which are just all amazing. <laughs> like the one where Percy's fighting Kronos for some reason. Except Kronos, Kronos is, is five times as large as he is, even though they're supposed to be about <laughs> yeah. the same height. Yeah. And also, Kronos looks like he's, like, 50-something when he's supposed to be an 18-year-old boy. I think the closest they ever got was Titan's Curse cover. Where it's the same shot, just a few seconds later from a different angle. Yep. One thing that's notable in the UK covers is it had, they all have little taglines across the top. So in Lost Hero, it says, Return to Percy Jackson's World. Son of Neptune says, Percy Jackson is back. Mark of Athena, Percy Jackson and Annabeth return. And House of Hades, Percy Jackson's deadliest adventure yet. Yep. I don't know, it, wonder what they're wonder what they're going to use for the fifth book. Percy Jackson kills a god again. Percy Jackson kills a goddess that doesn't even need killing. Percy Jackson finds his way out of the underground. Why are we killing Gaia again? We, I mean, without her sons, she can't resurrect. Shut up, plot. Believe in magic, muggle. I killed one titan. Or two. Or three. You know, I just want to kill titans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After we're done here, let's go tackle Uranus. <laughs> Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, episode five, bring down the sky. <laughs> they just Let fly Festus up and up and up. <laughs> until they find Uranus. They just start slashing at the sky until he comes out. <laughs> Let the sky fall. Oh, I, 
the sad thing is that that's actually a scenario that makes sense in this universe. It it, it really is. <laughs> Although Percy, Percy's past the phase of blindly slashing at things. He'll tactically slash at the sky. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> once he's in the sky, that qualifies as a battle, and he has good battle strategy when in battle. <laughs> I think he gets that from his girlfriend. She's rubbing that's on Because that's how things work. <laughs> I should note that the worst UK cover is probably the Son of Neptune cover, where we ha- it depicts the battle at the beginning when Percy's running from the Gorgons. Except these Gorgons are really badly photoshopped stock photo models. And Percy is raising his arms up to the heavens. Which, due to the perspective on the cover, makes him look like he's raising his arms up to worship the Gorgons. Which probably is a more efficient plan than run away from them. Because they were tracking him for a while. Percy woke up in Northern California. So. He lives in New York, in case you haven't figured it out by now. Like, actually, New York, New York. Tracking him across an entire country. Yep. So, yeah, there's the covers. Don't judge a book by its cover. Want to move on to the topic, the forum? Yes. Discussions about satyrs? And forget that joke ever happened. Good to hear. Let's do it. And we're back with our forum. Today we're talking Grover Underwood. He is not a trainer of any sort. I don't think he's qualified to do physical therapy either. But you know what he is qualified to do? Retrieve demigods. Because that's apparently what satyrs do in this universe. Apparently he is. I don't trust him either. (laughs) But if Camp Half-Blood is telling me that this guy has fetched some of the most powerful demigods, then I might put a little more stock into this guy. Despite the fact that Camp Half-Blood's director doesn't put any faith into him. Of course, Dionysus doesn't put faith into anybody. So, the real reason that nobody really puts faith into Grover, despite actually being decent at his job, is that he did find three of the most powerful demigods. He found Luke, Thalia, and Annabeth, and tried to get them to camp, and failed at doing it safely. And now he's depressed about that. He... When we first see him in Lightning Thief, he's pretending to be Percy's best friend. Well, he is, to be fair. (laughs) He really is. He's only the best friend because Percy doesn't have any other friends. He has a foot... He is pretending to have a foot condition... Yep, and he walks around with crutches. 
before revealing that he is a satyr and, he's been, and satyrs are sent to various schools across the country to scout out for demigods. Good, good job, Percy. You're one of those. Good luck, Percy. Here's how little faith Dionysus has in this guy. He also sends Chiron, trainer of demigods, to go get this guy. Because apparently in this universe, satyrs train demigods and not... Or, centaurs train demigods and not satyrs. No, centaur trains demigods. The other centaurs are... Brunnies? <laughs> they are totally not brownies. Because I'm pretty sure Rick Riordan doesn't know what that is. Essentially brownies? <laughs> Can they really be brownies? I mean, we haven't confirmed whether or not they like My Little Pony. They, they seem like the types that would hate it. Because they're... They're basically an, an entire species of raging frat boys. <laughs> so, brownies... <laughs> I'm not going to convince you otherwise, am I? Not really. <laughs> Even though you realize it's probably inaccurate. <laughs> you can try. You can try. You can try, you can try, you can try. <laughs> so, Anyways. <laughs> so, somehow... After getting attacked by a Minotaur and a couple tidy whities a Minotaur tidy whities this is very important, and a couple Harpies, not necessarily in that order, Grover and Percy somehow make it over the line into camp. Touchdown! But they kind of lose something or someone. Here's or about this. Listen to episode two of the Festus Radio. Where we supposedly talk about this. We we are bad at this job, people. <laughs> so they so Grover is ambiguously successful at dragging Percy across the line, and the Council of Cloven Elders Elders is still unconvinced that he's any decent at this job. Eh. He He could be worse, you know. I mean just because he doesn't wake up with hot chicks every time doesn't mean he's bad at his job. It just means that he's bad at the actual key, actually keeping people safe part of his job. Also, he's very he, good at uh, finding them. He's very good at bringing them to Camp Half-Blood. He's just not terrible so at doing it at one piece. Everyone's unconscious when they get to half Camp Half-Blood. This is Grover's motto. I just I just need to bring them there. I don't actually need to bring them there consciously. Or safely. Yeah, I mean... I could just... That's the reality of our life in the magical world. <laughs> I wonder if it ever occurred to him. So... If they're actually moving, they're probably going to get attacked. Why don't I just take one of my crutches and... Thud. <laughs> <laughs> this is only going to hurt for a little. What? You're going to... It's going to be okay. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you a main character? Yes, I'm a main character. 
It's gonna be okay. You're gonna wake up. At, you're gonna wake up, and there's gonna be a hot chick. And this, no? Are you a main character? No? Okay, you're probably going to wake up, and if you do, at best, there's going to be a homely girl there. <laughs> yes. At this best. plan is. This plan is perfect. Grover, I, I hope like you listen to the show. Take this advice you. from us. Yes. Yes. And if you're not Grover, still take this advice, because it's... If you need to escort someone when they're... It's, it's a lot easier. If you need to escort someone somewhere, it's a lot easier when they're not conscious. It's also a lot easier... If you're a main character. Yes. Be a main character, kids. Yep. <laughs> something, <laughs> something, quirky girlfriends. Yep. <gasps> Anyways. So, they successfully, ambiguously get to Camp Half-Blood. Not consciously. And, remember, both of them are unconscious when they're recovered over the border. I, I still have a feeling Grover woke up to, like, Dionysus, or... Dionysus chewing him out. <laughs> so In that leopard shirt. That glorious leopard shirt, which you now can see in full color. If you buy Percy Jackson and in the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, the graphic novel. Or something, something movie. He wasn't in the movie. He'll be in the new movie. He will be in the new movie. Which, by the way, graphic novel, old Dionysus, it looks like Stanley Tucci anyways. So Percy is sent on his quest, and he's allowed to choose a couple people to accompany him. Grover and the people... His, Grover is his only friend. He, po- he picks Grover. <laughs> to be fair, Grover asks to come along, and Annabeth tells him that she's going to come along. So it's not like he really had a choice at all. It's like, it's like, well, what if I don't want you? Because you kind of use me as bait, and I don't really like you, because you keep insulting me, because I'm a son of Poseidon. So what if I don't bring you along? But you have to bring me along. Oh my gosh, not the pout. Anything but the pout. Okay, yes, you're coming. But it's the, it's, it was, it's my destiny. The oracle predicted that I, that one of the children of the big three would get a quest and I had to go on that quest. Really? She, she said that? Yeah. When she's not actually sending people on quests, she speaks in normal words. She's a corpse. Your mom's a corpse. Too far! That was too far! (laughs) This totally sounds like an argument that 12-year-old Percy and 12-year-old Annabeth would have had. Because they don't like each other at this point. Annabeth, the first thing when Percy is revealed as a son of Poseidon, Annabeth's first sentence out of her mouth is, Why couldn't it have been Zeus? So they embark on their journey, and Grover proceeds to be incompetent throughout the entire voyage. But he is virtually an adult. So I guess he's the chaperone. Technically. 
You know, if Grover was the chaperone on the on the Argo too, he wouldn't have made a big deal deal over what happened in the cargo hold. That's because they're his best friends. Also, Grover has a girlfriend. That too. A girlfriend who gets jelly. Not not jelly of other girls. She gets jealous of how much time Grover spends as God of the Wild thing. What is Pan the God of? The Wild. But he's Lord of the Wild. He's not God of the Wild. Poseidon is also Lord of Horses. This is true. Anyway. Grover proceeds to be incompetent and then disappears. Not really. Not not this time, I don't think. This time he sticks with them because the uh, council... I, I, I was assuming that we went through an entire lightning, th- lightning thief and Grover proceeds to be incompetent. Well, he, he he really... The Council of the Cloven Elders won't give him the license to go search for Pan until he completes this quest, so it's kind of important for him to stick with it. And I mean, not... Like, he, is inco- he is incompetent, but he actually does try, and I feel like that's an important... And I do feel that's an important part of his character. He may not always do what he's supposed to, but at least he wants to. Yes. And that's very important. As opposed to some of the other protagonists, like Percy and Annabeth, who are going to deny what's very clearly and plainly out in front of them, I have to do this, I must do this. They're like, nope, don't want to. I'm too impulsive. Nope, not not gonna do it. And then, at the end of this quest, Grover goes on the hunt for the four-pan... And discovers the reason why no satyr has come back from this search. He proceeds to not come back from the search. Yeah. But he does send Iris messages. Which are like phone calls, except that you youngins out there won't know what phone calls are because you text everyone. Hey, hey you kids, get off my lawn. Saturn. You kids get off my farm! (laughs) Anyways... So, Grover goes to search for Pan after they finish their quest, which makes Percy all sad face. They keep in touch, except... Uh, Hold on. He does keep in touch, but then... We move on to Sea of Monsters. Where Grover has lost the ability to iris message because he's trapped in the cave of a cyclops. So he's like, oh, wait a minute, I established an empathy link while Percy was asleep. Because that's totally not a creepy thing to do. (laughs) Percy, help me, I'm not nobody. (laughs) Percy's, Percy's like, wait, what the heck was that? I'm exploiting your emotions! Oh. I'm this inside might... your head! <laughs> this might... Wait, 
what? Why should I help you? You ditched me. Because if I die, you're gonna die too. Wait, what? Yeah, our brains are attached. We thrive off of each other's brain power. Okay. When did you have time to do this? I snuck into your house. (laughs) It was when I was chaperoning the trip. How are you chaperoning the trip? You're the least mature of the three of us. I'm an adult. (laughs) I'm over 18. (laughs) Why else do you think I have the soul patch? You really need to grow a beard. It looks weird on you. And this is exactly what happened. So Percy sets off on a quest to go rescue Grover because Clarice was sent on a quest to go get the Golden Fleece and these two things aren't related, so... Yeah. But they're in the same general area, so... Clarice and Percy buttheads a lot. And then they start... But... They eventually grow to like each other and start getting romantically evolved. Oh, wait, no, that's the movie universe. (laughs) (laughs) You should see Clarice in the graphic novel. She is butch. (laughs) She is really butch. That's great. Anyways. (laughs) So... Percy goes to rescue Grover because Percy is impulsive. Blah, blah, blah. Episode 2 of Hephaestus Radio. And he finds Grover in a cave, defeats the Cyclops because Annabeth read the Odyssey. Aren't you, like, 13? I I, I can read college-level material. It doesn't matter that I'm just 13. I I read the Iliad when I was 11. It's not that hard. I read The Odyssey when I was, like, 14. Yeah, it's really not that hard a book. It's just yeah. long. The Odyssey kind of... You also gotta keep in mind that it's all flashbacks, because The Odyssey kind of has a weird storytelling. Yeah. Method because it starts... It starts where most books would have their penultimate chapter. So... Penultimate, that's a good word. Anyways... So, they rescue Grover, and then Titan's Curse happens, and Grover reveals he hearts hundreds of Artemis for some reason. Because satyrs in mythology, them being horny was kind of their thing. And it's downplayed, and at the same time played straight. Like, um, fact, the story of Orpheus, the reason why that, it was Orpheus, right? The guy who goes to the... Underworld? Yes. The story of Orpheus happened because his wife died by being raped by a satyr. Those guys are beasts. <laughs> but, yeah, so... The way Titan's Curse works is that... Talia, Annabeth, Bianca, and Grover were recruited by Zoe Nightshade. No, not Annabeth. Just Talia and Bianca. Annabeth was under the sky. Anyway, uh, I, I should note that in um, The Titan's Curse, <laughs> Talia, Percy, and Annabeth 
are doing Grover's job for him. Well, Grover has to go search for Pan, because that's a safe thing to do now. <laughs> Little do they know, Pan is beneath him. Literally. But, yeah, so Grover gets drafted on a quest because... because so he doesn't so like men, and gr- satyrs aren't technically men, so... Despite the fact that that satyrs basically amplify why most women hate men. That's kind of their shtick. I'm pretty sure that's not that she doesn't like men. It's that she doesn't like men. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because, you know, there was that one guy. Wait a minute. Who turned her gay? <laughs> Wait a minute, I just realized something. What? You know that scene where Hercules goes to the Garden of the Hesperides and gets the apple? Yes. The actual myth, if I remember... Or correctly, the actual myth says that says that. Hello, I'm back. Okay, so you were talking about Hercules in the garden. Yes, in the in the actual myth, if I'm remembering correctly, because myths change, but the version I heard was that Hercules was holding the sky up for Atlas so that he could go get the get the apple. Yes. Which would make sense, but yeah. So, That's I just found that... That's consistent to what I heard? That, I just found that one a little weird. Because... If that's the case, then Zoe Nightshade and Hercules would never have met, but... Well, you know, stories change, and in oral tradition, something is very mutable, very changeable, so... Rick kind of has a thing about it on his fac, actually. About, oh no, you get the myth wrong, yeah. And he's like, what do you mean I got the myth wrong? I mean, there's it's myth change. That- and they there's have many different versions. There's a myth that says Hephaestus was thrown off the mountain by Hera. There's another myth that says Hephaestus was kicked off the mountain by Zeus. And that's why he's ugly. There are others that, are, that say he was thrown off the mountain because he was ugly. Yeah. So, yeah, but... Anyways, back to Grover, because that's what we're talking about, because Grover is the eighth most important character in the series, because of the seven. He was third. (laughs) He was third, then he became fourth, now, and then they start... Eighth? Ninth? Eighth? Is Nico still more important than him? Unfortunately, yes. So, eighth or ninth? Yeah, I'm. I'm. The ver. The jury's still out on whether or not Jason Grace is important. <sighs> Anyways, so Grover's sent on the quest with Zoe Nightshade, where he proceeds to do nothing. He like, doesn't actually. Do- he does nothing. 
He doesn't contribute. He doesn't even use any tracking skills or anything, which he naturally has as a satyr. He used those in the first book. And never again. So, he he does nothing because he's bitter about Percy not being invited along. And then when Percy joins the crew, he does nothing because there's nothing to do. His skills are not needed because they know exactly where they're going. So while he could track to find a good path, they're already on a very good path. That, unfortunately, got one of their party killed. It, it's still better than the alternatives. Yeah. And they wind up in a technological graveyard where the wild is totally useless. Yes. After they had just used the wild. I think. I'm Yes, that's in this book. That's in this book. Well, I know it's in this book. I know that the Urethian boar is in this book. I'm just not sure because what I've read on the internet says that the Urethian boar put them at the graveyard, but from my own memory, I thought the Urethian boar fought the Talos prototype. Whatever. The Aramanthian boar fought the Talos prototype. So or got them out of there while the Talos prototype was going rogue, so... Uh, I remember it taking taking them to it. Yeah, so... My memory isn't good, apparently. Don't worry, I actually bought the books. <laughs> I know so that. with reference to that, um, at one point, Grover does decide... doesn't really decide to do something. He just... Well, he's just there... And then there's a giant pig there. And he's like, it's a gift. And everyone just looks at him funny. And he's like, no, I can sense it was sent by Pan. And then it proceeds to try and destroy them. To, to which I think Grover says, hey, I didn't say it was a good gift. I just said it was Be- a gift. Because Grover is comic relief, people. You're so useful, Grover. So, that happens. And then Grover just... Grover basically remains useless for the rest of the book. In Battle of the Labyrinth, the Council of the Cloven Elders decides that he has a very unorthodox way of looking for Pan. And they say that there is not enough evidence to prove the Aramanthian boar was sent by Pan. Mainly because they lost the boar. Well, the boar lost them because... Have you ever tried to tame an Aramanthian boar? It's very difficult. Nigh impossible. So that happens. They go to the maze. And he finds Pan, who is dying. In fact, he is almost dead. He has literally enough energy to be like, hey... You all have part of the wild in you now. But you, Grover, you shall be my successor. Does that mean you're going to give me your power? Oh, heck no. You have to earn that for yourself, brother. Because apparently they're all black. (laughs) 
despite the fact that none of the book descriptions said they were black. <laughs> so, Grover's like, so Grover, this part of his character development, he goes back to the Council of Cloven El- Elders and is like, hey, by the way, I found Pan. They were like, oh? Because they totally sound like the guy from Lost in Space. Anyways, they're like, oh, Richard Harris. Anyway, he's, and Grover's like, yeah, he died. Gods can't die. Yes, gods can die. Why else do you think Helios isn't around anymore? Oh. Talk about Helios around here, boy. Well, well, wasn't he an old homeless guy? In... No, that was Apollo. Weren't you paying attention? I was barely on that quest. <laughs> so, and then he's like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to go beat Pan. I'm going to go do wild things. And he proceeds to disappear. Yes. And his girlfriend is worried sick because he has a girlfriend that wasn't mentioned until this after book? he disappeared. I, I don't even think she was mentioned in Battle of the Labyrinth. I don't think she was mentioned until Last Olympian. She was in Battle of the Labyrinth because she was worried during the first council that the searcher's license was going to be revoked. Oh, yeah. And then, which, you know, Grover's great a great friend, he didn't introduce Percy to his girlfriend. You have a, you have a girlfriend? Yeah, her name's Jennifer. She's a dryad. Huh. I don't know who you are. (laughs) Oh, I study Pokemon on Origin. Wait, what? (laughs) Nothing, nothing. (laughs) So Grover proceeds to disappear. And Percy is not concerned about this at all. It's like he gets to camp after, you know... He doesn't worry until the last Olympian when they do a strength report, and they're like, we're down one satyr. Which satyr? Underwood. Shh, shh. You missed your line there. What? He returns to camp after, you know... Okay. So, he re- so he returns to camp after the raid to do a strength report, and this is the raid on which Beckendorf died. Every episode, people! His idea... We have to mention it every episode. We're on contract. So, he does a strength report, and they reveal that one satyr is missing. Which one? Underwood. Come to think of it, I have, I think the empathy link that I haven't mentioned for two books is weakening. Which, when we find out what happened to Grover, how did the empathy link not... Never mind. If anything, you'd think the empathy link would be stronger. Basically, what happens is that they find Grover, or Grover finds them, or something. He's asleep in Central Park. And they're like, oh, look, you're in the middle of the battle. Be useful to us. Percy, there was this guy, and he made me fall asleep. Morpheus, yeah, how did you... Oh. Uh, Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait. Despite, 
being completely useless during this entire journey, the gods acknowledge what use he has been of and offer them the vacant position of Lord of the Wild after Wait, when did the when did the flying pig get involved? I don't remember. Wasn't that at some point in Last Olympian? It wasn't Last Olympian because it was one of the Titans' many secret weapons. And it was destroyed by Daedalus' robots. So Grover become Grover gets Pan's job and then proceeds to disappear. Gosh dang it, Grover. He is mentioned once in the Heroes of Olympus saga. Not 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 the first book. As of right now, before House of Hades has been released, he's been mentioned all of once. Cause Annabeth's like telling the new guys that they're searching for Percy and how they're doing it, and she's like, Oh yeah, and Grover has all the dryads and naiads and other ads things. They're they're putting their feelers out to see if they can find find Percy, but so far we've had no luck. Okay, moving on. That's all. That's that's it. He's supposed to be in House of Hades in a blog entry, which again, since we don't know anything about House of Hades, we don't know what that entails. So we'll see once that does come out. In the movie universe, he's basically identical, except for the fact that he's black. He's black, he's not pimply, he has charisma, he actually knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. That doesn't mean he does what he's doing. He has a completely different goal. This is the problem with the movie universe, people. Grover's goal in the movie universe is to get horns. And then he does, and then that feels like a closed arc. Yes, it's... I believe that the pan stuff is going to come into play in this adventure, because... I mean, to be fair, they didn't introduce it as just a thing. Grover is going with them into the Sea of Monsters. It's not like we open up and Grover's gone searching for Pan. So, to be fair, that that happens. Me and Joe, unfortunately, missed the opportunity to ask the actress who plays Clarice and the actor who plays Grover, Brandon T. Jackson, stand-up comedian, questions about Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, so... Because we saw the tweet six hours after they finished asking questions. Yep. So, yeah. We are we are terrible at our job, people. <laughs> well, like, the thing about the movie is it's very good for a standalone feature. Unfortunately, it's very obvious from the get-go they were trying to create a franchise, and this is something that makes me sad. It, it felt, I said this last episode, it felt like the pilot to a show that didn't know if it was going to get a whole season. Like, me and Jose are both fans of Once Upon a Time. The pilot of Once Upon a Time 
feels really the pilot and the second episode once my time they feel really self-contained in comparison you know yeah because it's like they're it's very clear that okay i'm trying to keep the story contained within itself so it can be told by itself the issue is that percy jackson series while each novel is an individual story the story that the series as a whole is trying to tell arches way past any singular novel. Yeah. I think, see, if you're going to do a self-contained story, Sea of Monsters would be your only chance. Yes, because... And unfortunately, that's in the very middle of the series. It's very... It is kind of funny how Sea of Monsters is a... is basically an adaptation of the Odyssey... And the actor who's playing the main villain of the book, what's what's that guy's name? The Cyclops that kidnapped Grover. Yeah, the guy who's playing him, he played Odysseus before. Odysseus. Which, Odysseus is one of those guys that surprisingly doesn't get mentioned as much in the Percy Jackson series as you think he could. I mean, but that's because Percy replaced him in this well, universe. Well, you also got to think that you think that that would be a thing for for Annabeth and children of Athena uh, in general, because Athena's favorite person was not one of her children. Odysseus was completely mortal. So you think that. That they might have, that for generations, children of Athena have had a hidden bitterness towards Odysseus. You know? I can see where you're coming from, yeah. But that didn't happen, and it has nothing to do with Grover. But, really, we don't have anything else to say about Grover, despite the fact that in the Percy Jackson movie universe, he can drive. That's his thought, people. That's his contribution to the team. Also, he doesn't have to walk with crutches. He does in the beginning. I thought I don't think he did. But it's like a limp or something. Oh, he has a limp, but he doesn't walk with crutches. Yeah. Which is. But he does mention that um, the leg condition. Yeah. Of course, Chiron is in is in a wheelchair, and it's pretty hilarious seeing it in the graphic novel. Because you know how Chir- how Chiron his thing was that it said that he folds himself up into the wheelchair. Yeah. Well, in the in the graphic novel, his wheelchair is just a pocket dimension, and his horse half literally leaps out of it. <laughs> bigger on the seat is bigger on the inside. Yep. Also, graphic novel Grover, he looks fairly like he does in the in the book. Um, he resembles not, the official art, yes, but he's not pimply which is, in the description, Grover was, like, really pimply. At the same time, that's kind of hard to do that fine of detail in comic book art. 
True. Also, Grover's role in the book, in the graphic novel, is even lesser than... Hey, you remember that scene in the movie universe where they're at the Lotus Casino and Grover's just surrounded by women? Yep. That's a that's a character point. In the movie universe, they play up the more satyrs are constantly horny thing. Because they think it would make good jokes. He's like, also Brandon Jackson, and I think it makes a little more sense. Like, when they first go to camp, Grover ditches Percy to go hang out with the Daughters of Aphrodite. And then Percy's like, wait, what do you want me to do? Socialize? Yeah, go go talk to that chick that you saw for one second and you're instantly in love with. What? Have fun. <laughs> Who do you think I am? Yeah, like, the thing about Grover is he's important, but he doesn't really do anything to warrant the importance. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Ron Weasley. He really is, which is unfortunate. One of these days we're going to start, we're going to stop drawing comparisons to the Harry Potter series. I just feel really bad now. Of course, to be fair, with similar subject matter, it's kind of hard not to. Well, like, it's just the the role he plays in the dynamic. He's a third wheel, and he doesn't do anything. The only difference is, is that he doesn't get the girl. Because the girl isn't his to get. He just produces a girlfriend out of nowhere halfway through the series, and... It was named after a tree, because she, she is, is a tree. tree. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of the joke that Luke tells in the first book, and it's, and it's kept in the graphic novel. By the way, people, the Medusa, completely removed from the graphic novel. The theme park, completely removed from graphic novel. The scene with Annabeth in the truck, truck where she tells Percy her backstory, completely removed from the graphic novel. The joke that Percy runs slower than a dryad, and that's like being beaten at a foot race with a tree... That's kept in the graphic novel. I wonder if he just grew his girlfriend between books. It's entirely possible. He, like, planted a tree between books and grew a girlfriend. It's entirely possible. And I know that sounds sad, but in the Percy Jackson series, that's not as sad as it seems, because every tree comes with a beautiful woman. I, I'm absolutely certain this happened now. And besides, she likes him for his personality anyways. Yeah. I mean, he honestly is pretty charming. It's just... He doesn't he, do anything. That is another bit of praise that I can give the movie universe, because we talk... It retains the charm, but at least he does something. Yes, he's... I think the point of it is that he's supposed to be the adult here. Yeah, like, he is the... 
I feel the novel plays up a little more satyrs mature younger, or satyrs mature more slowly. So, one way you could take that is, although he's older temporally, physically, mentally, emotionally, he's the same age. Yeah. Whereas the movie's like, he's had, physically he's the same age, emotionally he's probably the same age, but he's had more time to experience things, and therefore he's a little old. Because he's older in terms of years, he's also more mature. Yeah. I mean, both are equally valid ways to interpret that the way they describe Seder aging. It's just different ways of interpreting it. Also in the movie universe, Percy apparently doesn't care about him too much because he decided to leave him with Persephone. This is there, a thing there, are, that, there are three pomegranate seeds you can use to return the, to the surface. Never mind, just two. Because, just two. Uh, I'm going to return to the surface because I'm a hero. Uh, I don't need my seed. Are you sure? Yeah, I got a lady. Uh, okay. And... Okay. <laughs> and what's... And when... Because in the book, what happened was Percy... He decided his mother would never forgive him if he traded one of his friends for his mother. This one, he's just like, yeah, screw it. Because Persephone is nice. People are nice, and Percy likes people who are nice to him. (laughs) Yep. And Persephone is also Rosario Dawson, so... Yep. Was Cerberus in the movie? Huh. That is a... I believe he was? Because I'm not sure if it was Cerberus, or if it was just some... Or if it was just a group of hellhounds that were close together that made it look like it was Cerberus. I find it... Those were hellhounds. I find it amusing how the Disney adaptation of of Cerberus is this giant thing. You know? When in reality, the actual Greek myths, Cerberus was no bigger than any other dog. Yeah, those were hellhounds. Well, any, well, any other hellhound. Because hellhounds are bigger than dogs. Those are hellhounds, so, maybe. Yeah. So, Grover... Grover kind of... His problem is is that he's kind of a one-note character. He has a goal, and that's all he has. He's very good at what he does. What he does isn't very extensive. Yes, he's... He's very much the comedic sidekick. Because these books are supposed to be lighthearted. In theory, yes. <laughs> not, not a lot in the books really affects him, because he's been through most of the same events Percy has. The same traumatic events and everything. The problem is, is that he... He doesn't get 
a lot of attention. Like, that's just the thing. He, he isn't in the Heroes of Olympus saga. We never really get to see anything from his perspective. In the Heroes of Olympus saga, we just get a new satyr who's just ridiculously violent and just as under unfleshed. Yeah, he... Grover... I think what really could have helped Grover's character is if Percy would ask him more often how he felt about things, because I feel like a lot of their relationship was... And this probably goes back to Percy being impulsive. uh, Percy doesn't really think about him very much. It's like, I'm going on a quest, you're going with me. And he just kind of says, okay, and goes along with it. And this is kept in the Sea of Monsters trailer. Where he tries to fight back, but then realizes he has two impulsive demigods to deal with, so... He just goes along with it anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to do this because it's stupid. And what you say is a stupid idea. Actually, it's what we say. Oh, crap. Crap, I'm not going to win this. Yeah. And even if I I make ground, she's just going to pout at me anyways. This is how Annabeth wins, people. Pouting. Yep. Secret to all teenage girls and why you can never fight against them. It's all in the path, people. One of these days, we'll crack the code. But, yeah, Grover... Grover is theoretically important. That's the best way I can put it. Theoretically, he's a great character. Theoretically, he's important. Practically, it doesn't necessarily come to pass. Grover's unfortunate. Grover's importance was basically in the first book as the comic relief guy. He had all the funny lines? If even that. He... He doesn't do much, and he doesn't say much. and In theory, since he is a monster from Greek mythology, you'd think he would... He would be good because he's knowledgeable in Greek mythology, but Annabeth fills that role. If they need to know, know something about Greek mythology, Annabeth pipe, pipes up and she's like, um, yeah, I know everything there is to know about this thing. And then Grover... Grover knows a lot about the monsters of Greek mythology, but still, Annabeth tends to know more. Because Annabeth is the goddess of wisdom's daughter. And it's really unfortunate, because he feels a lot... Grover feels a lot like a wasted character. Yeah. I didn't realize how much he felt that way until we started doing this. Well, now I'm sad again. (laughs) We were talking about the comic relief character. We chose this so that we we wouldn't be sad. Welcome to Hephaestus Radio Episode 4, or Things That Make Us Sad Part 2. <laughs> you haven't... Why? We've planned our shows shows for two months ahead. How is the Carter Kane Percy Jack... How is the Kane Chronicles Percy Jackson's crossover going to be the happiest thing we're doing? 
<laughs> you assume that that's going to be fun. Or good. It's... I feel like it's going to just be mostly me filling you in. It's like... Like, I've read the first book. Yeah, but you haven't read the other two. I know who Carter is. He's named after an archaeologist. Yeah, but you don't know what's happened. This takes place after Serpent Shadow. What's that? It's the third book. They made three books? Rick actually sat down and did this three times? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Rick didn't sit down and do this five times? He always does everything in fives. Yeah, Egyptian mythology's not that interesting. Uh, and on that bombshell, let's move on to the feedback where we have no feedback. You there? I'm here. Okay. So, again, this week we have no feedback, but we're going to leave our contact information. As always, Ethan. Yo. Where can they find us on Twitter? That would be at Hephaestus Radio. That's full at simple. Simple, what's that? An ampersat? Ampersat. Ampersat. Yes. Or the at symbol, because no one knows what that word means. Except me. You do now. H-E-P-H-A-E-S-T-U-S-R-A-D-I-O. And the Gmail would be the same, correct? Yes, with the ampersat gmail.com at the end. Outstanding. If they want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you? That's at edzoologist, E-D-Z-O-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. And you can find... <laughs> ampersats are a thing now, B. And you can find me on Twitter at ampersat cool. Professor Ware. That's ampersat P R O F E S S O R W H E R E, because Professor What was taken. You can also find us on the multitude of other shows which we will not go into at this moment. Mm. Hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I just realized something. What? We went a whole episode without insulting Nico. That's because we did it during the banter. Shh. We're improving. All right. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time on Infestus Radio. Well, that was fun.